and enlightened the whole Israel. The Lord sent a word into Jacob and he brought light in the whole Israel. You're going to pray like you've never prayed before. Lord, the word that will transform nations, let it be sent to me. Did anybody hear what I just said? Come on now. There's a word of God that when it comes into your spirit, it becomes the solution that Japan is looking for. It becomes the solution that America is looking for. It becomes the solution that Korea is looking for. It becomes the solution that Australia is looking for. It becomes the solution that USA is looking for, that China is looking for. It becomes the solution that Canada is looking for, that Croatia is looking for. Can you lift your voice and say, Lord, he sent his word to Jacob and then he brought light in the whole Israel. He sent his word to Jacob, come on, and he brought light. Every darkness in the world, the word of God is in me to bring light to every dark situation of life. Every dark, come on, you need to pray, Lord. Lord, put your word in my spirit. Send your word into me. He sent his word into Jacob and enlightened the whole Israel. He sent his word into Jacob hey, and enlightened the whole Israel. He sent his word into Jacob and enlightened the whole Israel. You will hear a word behind it saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Lord, send the word to me. Give me a word that will transform my world. Give me a word that will change nations. Now we change nations. I'm a word carrier. I carry the word of God. I do the word of God. I does my business. I preach the word. I live by the word. I, I, I bring the word. The word is in me. The word of life is in me. The word is near thee. The word of life that will speak. The word is in me. The word is in me. The word I carry will bring solution. You know, darkness will cover the earth and drop God's darkness the people. But the Lord will arise with his word in me and there will be light in my word. The word of God is alive in me. Send the word. I am not just ordinary. I'm a solution carrier. This me right here in this hall. I'm a solution to nations. I'm a solution to nations. Nobody knows my name. My name doesn't look like it, it, it rings a bell. But hey, I'm a solution to nations. I'm a solu- I carry what nations are looking for. And that which I carry is in the word of God. Lord, send that word into my spirit. Let the word quicken me. Let the word quicken me. The word that I speak to you, they are spirits and they are life. Your word, I found them and I ate them. And your word became the joy and the rejoicing of my soul. Let your word quicken me. Let your word be locked up in my bones. Hey, I live by your word. Open my eyes to the word. If only I have enough of the world, I will have enough solution to the crisis in the world. Send your word into me. Send your word into me. Send your word into me. Enough of madness in the nations. We need to carry solutions to bring them to an end. Send your word, Lord. Send your word, Lord. Father, that's our prayer that you send your word, special words to us. All you need to change anyone is your word. All you need to change any situation is your word. The power there is, the power that be, is in your word. 
you created everything by your word. For in the beginning was the word, the word was with you, and the word was you. And there was nothing made that was not made as that with the word. Shada Katariva. Wake us up to the place of the word. Show us the light that the word carries. The entrance of your word, it brings illumination. It brings illumination. It brings illumination. Ah, ah, is it not your word that is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path? It's your word. With your word, I can't walk in darkness. Everyone walking in darkness, I release your word that will deliver them from darkness in the mighty name of Jesus. Ah, is it not like a hammer that breaks every difficult situation around? Is it not like two-edged sword that pierces through? Pierces through. Every difficult situation in your life, I release that to edge sword right now. To pierce through everything that the devil has formed as a set in your life that has refused to give way. By the word of God, your freedom has come. Your liberty has come. Your liberation has come. Thank you, Father. Send your word today. Help me to preach, Lord. Help me to preach. Help us to hear. More importantly, help us to implement to apply and to do that which we say to us. Rehoboth is here. Things are changing. Grants are shifting. Territories are enlarging. Talents are coming out. <laughs> we are not getting to old age to regret. Mm-mm. No, we are not. We are not. I call to life everything dead in the life of anyone under the sound of my voice. Lazarus, come forth. Whatever your Lazarus is that has been buried, I call him comfort. Let your business come forth. Let your marriage come forth. Let your breakthrough come forth. My God. Let your ministry come forth. My God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, and let the believers say a very, very resounding amen in this house. Come on, I, I believe your amen is going to be louder than what you just said. Now say a very loud amen. God bless you. You can please be seated. Thank you, chosen vessels. I guess this is the day I will preach the shortest message of my life. I just guess so. Somebody say amen for me. Somehow ends up being the longest most times when I say this. But I just feel so. Okay, alright. You guys already know that we are Genesis chapter 26 from verse 19. And Isaac's servant dog in the valley. And please pay attention to the word servant. Isaac's servant dog in the valley. And found the well of running water there. But the headsmen of Gara quarreled with Isaac's headsmen saying the water is ours. So he called the name of the well Esek. Because they quarreled with me. Then they dug another word and they quarreled over that one also. So he called the name Sidna. Anybody with me? Anybody with me? Are we together? Are we? Alright. Okay. We are there. Praise God. And he moved from there and dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he called the name of that one what? He called the name of that one what? Because he said... For now, somebody say now. now. The Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Anybody like that? 
For now, Pastor Ike says to you that the Lord has made room for you. And you shall be fruitful in the land. I say, now the Lord has made room for you. And you shall be fruitful in the land. Lift your right and say, the Lord has made room for me. I will be fruitful in Benin. I will be fruitful in Nigeria. I will be fruitful outside of Nigeria. My gift is coming out. My talent is coming out. My abilities are coming out. My potentials are finding expression. I am loaded. I am blessed. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is a mandate. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that have commanded you. And look, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That confidence, that assurance gives me an amazing confidence. I don't know about you, but God is with me always. Jesus said it himself, I am with you always. Ways. Listen, don't say that. Ah, well, he told his disciples. He's not talking to me. I don't know about you, but he's talking to me. Right? He is he, with me always. Honestly speaking, he is with me always. And his commitment to be with me is till the end of the age. God has never made any promise to withdraw from that promise. Anybody with me? He makes a promise. He's faithful to his promise. To keep to that promise. Pastor Ike, God is with me. He is me always. He is with me always. He is with me all time. He is my loving friend. My savior all the time. He is with me always. Oh, he is with me all time. I tell you. He is my loving friend. My savior all the time. I wish I remember the sons of Abraham and Sarah. God promised a child. When they were so old, they know not what to do. But they know that what God promised He will do. In His appointed time, He'll bring it to pass. Sing. He's with me always. Oh, he's with me all time. I tell you, he's my loving friend, my savior all the time. Oh boy, he's with me always. Oh, he's with me all time. Oh, he's my loving friend, my. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for God with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. God is with me always. I am so confident of that. I don't doubt it for one minute. God is with me. If I'm sick, he's there with me. Are you guys with me? Don't ever think that you are abandoned by God because of the situation you are going through. God is right there. The devil comes with a suggestion that God has abandoned you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God is with me. He is not with me on the sick bed to massage the sickness. He is with me on the sick bed that I may see him. 
Because if I can see him, I, you know, you know, listen, you guys are dying out of the snake bite. But if you can see this one that is on the tree, you will come out of that sickness. If you can see his presence with you, you are going to come out of every negative situation. Let me prophesy to somebody under the sound of my voice that if God can grant you the, uh, a seeing eyes, eyes that see, that if you can behold Jesus with you, not abandoned you, not rejected you, not, has, not left you. David said, I'm the old, but I was young. I have not seen the righteous forsaken. I have not seen his seed beg for bread. If you can see Jesus, I prophesy that you will come out of that situation. So may your eyes open to see him. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said to his disciples, Go make disciples of all nations. Nations can be saved, can be evangelized, if we move from winning souls to making disciples. The madness we see today in our nations, we, we wouldn't have been there if we had taken the instruction of Jesus very carefully. Make disciples of all nations. And we are, we are talking about how to walk Rehoboth. We know that Rehoboth is actually that situation, that attitude, that conduct, that mannerism. That time that every struggle in your life has come to an end. And you are left with what seemingly looks little. But no matter how little it is, I call it Rehoboth and that is the spirit of faith. I call this room. Say God has made room for me. Because God has made room for me, I will prosper. I will be fruitful in the land. God has made room for me. Now, but it is small. We say that it's like Elisha and the servant who would say, Go tell Gehazi, rain is coming. And the servant will go look out. But what the servant saw was something little. And we say that Rehoboth starts from evidence. Never ignore evidence. That which we call little today is <laughs> actually the seed for much. Is anybody with me? Come on now. It's little, but it's not little. There's so much in it. The Son of God came as a small baby in a manger. Who, who ever knew that that baby in a manger is the Messiah of the world? Be careful when you look down on things that you call little. Great things start from little. Right? And you be sensitive towards evidence. And then we talk about the blessing. You must learn how to take what you have and bless it. Whatever is blessed multiplies, right? And there are three dimensions on how to, how to provoke Rehoboth. You, 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 you think of evidence, you think of the blessing. He said, tell Aaron, this is how to bless my people. The Lord bless you. Yes. <laughs> I say the Lord bless you. Yes. The Lord be gracious unto you. Yes. The Lord shine his countenance upon you. Yes. And the Lord show you peace. Say this, how to bless my people. God loves to bless. God loves to bless. When you put the benediction on anything, the thing begins to function. When you speak blessing to what is dead, that which is dead comes back to life. Jesus said, do not wait for resurrection for your Lazarus to come out. Resurrection is not a day. It's not an event. Resurrection is a person. He said, I am resurrection and life. And the way I operate is that I speak what I want to see. That's the spirit of faith. I speak what I want to see. And it, oh my goodness, somebody should learn how to speak what you want to see. You call the things that be not as though they what? Anybody hearing me? You call the things that the blessing. They call the things that be not as though they were. Somebody say, let my money come now. Come on now, let my baby come now. Come on, let my husband come now. Let my wife come now. Let my healing come now. 
you speak. He said, Lazarus, comfort. The guy had no choice. But because when you release the blessing, it carries life. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. It carries life to that which you spoke concerning it. And it begins to manifest, manifest that which you spoke. The Bible said, a time is coming when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of Man. And they that are dead will live. Huh? <laughs> the Son of Man is only, it's not only Jesus Christ. Now, I'm the Son of Man. Because the Son of God became the sons of men so that the sons of men can become the sons of God. So that which Jesus used to do, I can do. Is anybody with me? I tell you, I can do it. So a time is coming now is when the dead will hear the voice of Pastor Ike and they that are dead will live. So I talk to a dead womb, receive your child. The womb does not have a choice. <laughs> it does not have a choice. The word that I speak is that which creates. Hello? The word that I speak is that which creates. So when I speak, the word, I release a vibe, a vibration that goes into the womb, correcting what is not. You need an antibiotic to flush a fallopian tube that is blocked, but there is a word that is more than an antibiotic. Right? It goes into the womb and flushes everything that is, I speak healing into your system. I say I speak healing into your system. I speak restoration into your system. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Then you learn, you develop, you train. What you have we said that there are three dimensions of training. Number one, you have to discover, you have to develop, right? And then you have to learn how to what? Deploy. Ooh. Somebody say discover. Say develop. Discover. Go out like Jesus did and look for men. Men that are willing to learn. Men that have a teachable spirit. If you guys remember I said, never waste your time teaching someone that thinks he knows better than you. Right? Do you remember that? Don't waste your time thinking or teaching someone that thinks he knows better than you. So find men of teachable spirit. They might be different, but that's okay. What is fundamental is let them have a teacher, let them have a mixed spirit. Are you guys getting what I'm trying to say? Let them have a mixed spirit. They might have their attitude, that's fine. Peter was a funny guy, but Peter was willing to learn. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? What is, what is it? That you are, oh, how do I put it? Let me teach you guys something little. Maturity is not in criticism. Learn how not to criticize, but how to critique. Say it again. Learn how not to criticize, but how to critique. Criticism is not the same thing with, you know, Critiquing, if there's an English like that, something. Learn how not to criticize, but how to critique. When you criticize so much, you become very cynical. Do you understand? So Peter had his own personality, but fundamentally he was teachable. It's a waste of energy and time teaching someone that does not want to learn. Teaching someone that does not want to develop. Are you guys with me? So go out of your way like Jesus did and discover men. They might not be perfect. Like Matthew, the task collector, but they must have the hunger to learn and become better. They must have the hunger to learn. Why is it in the Bible? These great guys did things by their servants. It was Isaac's servant. Isaac's servant. Isaac's servant. The yardstick of your greatness is not what you can do by yourself, but what your men can do. The reason that David was great was that his men were dangerous. David's men could kill to the point that to bring out the sword from their hand was issue. They fought and the sword got glued into their hands, killing thousands of men, just one individual. So David thought he could war, but his mighty men went viral. They went crazy with the act of war. 
Greatness is not in what you can do, it's what your lieutenant can do. Is anybody hearing what I'm trying to say? That's how to, how to increase, that's how to multiply. Praise the Lord. Now, you, you discover, you develop, then you spend time with them. Mentorship is not through books and videos. Mentorship has to be one-on-one, right? So it's unfortunate that some people have to be famous to become our mentor, but not necessarily too. The people we call mentors now must be famous. Not necessarily true. <laughs> not necessarily true. Someone who is not famous can actually mentor you to greatness. Is anybody hearing me? My mentor is not in the name. Not in the name. Ah, my Mudok is my mentor. He doesn't even know you. You have not even disciplined yourself to study him. Nothing. Say he's my mentor. Once his big name is my mentor. My mentor is the one that takes his time to infuse me with the right values, even if he's not famous now. Right? Yeah? The one that takes his time to infuse me with the right values, even if he's not famous now. When a mentor refuses to develop, he becomes a tormentor. We said that one, right? Are we together? So, sign up mentorship is conscious development, and that is what it means to disciple. After you have developed them, the next thing is you deploy them. Somebody said deploy them. So the last thing a mentor must do, must have, do you guys remember that Jesus used to send his disciples two by two? The last thing a mentor must do must to release, to deploy. That word blessing actually means to release, to deploy his protégés to go do what he has taught them. Praise the Lord. Jesus said to them, greater works than this will you do because I go to my father. Is anybody with me? Church, are you with me? So if you are the only person that can do what you can do, you are not a good leader. You can do more through your staff. See, David, see, see Moses asking. You can do more through your staff. Your staff. What, David, what Moses did was through his staff. He divided the sea through his staff. He brought water from the rock through his staff. It was his staff that swallowed the other serpents of the magicians, right? You can do more. The same word staff, S-T-A-F-F, is the same word you use for the staff in your office, right? Come on now. Am I right? So your staff can do wonders if you know how to use them and how to release them. It will shock you how life can come into that which you have held for a long time if only you can release it. God said just release your staff. And immediately he released it which is the blessing to release. The thing began to move. Come on now. Began to move and began to swallow every opposition. And do more through your staff than you can do by yourself. Somebody should say praise the Lord. If you are learning it, say praise the Lord. Am I helping you here? Church, am I helping you? So your staff can bring water out of the rock. Your staff can divide the sea. You can lean on your staff when you need rest. That's another thing. Come on now. I wish people are that mature to understand that sometimes our leader needs rest. And the reason he has a staff is so that when he can't walk, he can lean on the staff. Are we together? The leader activates his staff and watch them function. Let me give you some examples. Number one will be David. Quickly go to 1 Samuel chapter 22. Quickly go to 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1 and 2. David is our number one example. The Bible says, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and his father's house heard of it, they went down there to him. The next one. And everyone who was what? See the kind of people that came to David. Everyone who was what? Everyone who was a what? Everyone who was what? Gathered to him. So he became captain over them. And there we are about how many of them? 400 men with him. Everyone who was distressed as a leader. 
a leader should be able to teach someone who is distressed towards greatness. Everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented, came to David and he became captain over them. So David, to me, is a very good example on how to activate. David was a solid leader. David was a solid leader. He had men that were called mighty men. But they came to him in death, right? In distress, right? In discontentment, right? They came to him not having what it took to look like mighty men. But when he took over them, David transformed. Let me ask your neighbor, who are you transforming? Please ask somebody else to say, who are you transforming? Genesis chapter 14, verse 14. Our second example, read fast. I'm going, I want to preach the shortest message in my life. Genesis chapter 14, verse 14. Second example, Genesis 14, 14. The Bible says, now when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his, how many, how many guys? 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and they went in pursuit as far as Dan. My goodness. Somebody say Abraham was a good leader. Say it again. Say Abraham was a good leader. These guys were born in his house. 318 men. That's a soldier. That, that, that's an army, right? 318 men. They went for war. They went for war. The Bible says concerning Abraham that I know him. He will command his household in the ways of the Lord. That's mentorship. Listen, without discipleship, the world will become what it has become today. People waking up to desire another man. A woman desiring a woman. All manner of nasty madness going on. Because people became self-centered. Preachers and pastors and leaders became self-centered. It was all about empire that they forgot developing men. So nothing was consciously transferred to the next generation. The mandate Jesus gave was to disciple the nations. Somebody say disciple the nations. Come on and say it loud with me. Say disciple the nations. So Abraham trained 318 men from his house. Oh God. Oh God. That, that, that's, that's my passion right now. 318 men that could fight from his household. 318 men. What you know, who else knows it? What you can do, who else can do it? What you've learned, who else did you teach? You are so selfish that you want to go to the grave with all that you are. Wise men don't go to the grave with all that they are. Wise men transfer all that they are before they go to the grave. Do you understand? And if you understand how time is, you want to start right now. Because I'm not waiting until I'm 50. I've started already. I've started already. I have to make my impact now that I can catch my breath. <laughs> are you guys with me? Transfer what you have, what you know, to others. Somebody say praise the Lord. I said somebody say praise the Lord. And the disease of Africa is knowing all you can. Canning all you know and sitting on the can. That's the unfortunate thing, you know. Knowing all you can, you know all you can. Then you can all you know and then you sit on the can. Now that's unfortunate, man, but that's what's happening. You know all you can, you can all you know, and then you sit on the can. Closed system. Nothing goes out of you, you are stinking. You are not giving back to the society. Am I helping somebody? Answer me now. Please, am I helping somebody? Say that's the shortest message, Pastor, we ever preach. (laughs) 
you know you can you can all you know and then you sit what you sit what so that you become the only one-eyed man in the in the land of the blind those days ladies and gentlemen what makes a man a man is his ability to transfer what he knows to the next generation but in our time the game has changed the ability to transfer what you know in the next generation to transfer what you know to the next generation how does training bring one from that robot that is called little to largeness I'm going to answer it and we are gone the Bible talks about Jesus and his 12 disciples he picked 12 disciples and he trained them ha! the Bible said this guy turned the world upside down is anybody with me? 12 disciples, the world I wish that we are still doing discipleship we can actually have been we should have been reaching the world by now Jesus didn't need everybody. He needed 12 guys. He needed 12 guys. He trained the 12 guys. And when he left, when he left, he recruited Paul at some point. (laughs) And when he left, these guys began to preach from Antioch to Samaria, everywhere. They took the word to the Gentiles. They preached the insatiable riches of Christ. They changed the world. They changed the world. I wish there's a protege from me that will change the world. I wish somebody will pick this thing that is happening and go everywhere. You know, when Ike was traveling, he was in the choir. He was going to Malaysia to study. I said, don't go there and think you're an ordinary person. If you go there, you don't take charge. I will be disappointed in you. I said, I, don't, I will not give you anything. I will pour oil on your head and lay my hands on you. The, the anointing to influence culture, even where you are. And that guy, since he left, has not disappointed me. Are you guys getting what I'm trying to say? You, you, you have to change. See, what Jesus needed to do was to take 12 people and train them. They were called disciples. He was called a rabbi. That's the system that works. It's not pastor member that works. It's disciple rabbi that works. A rabbi means a teacher. Disciple means a student. People have to learn to come and study. People need to learn how to become students. It's because you are a member. That's why you are not being effective. Do you understand? You are a member. Even in the membership, you are not good at it. You have moved from member to number. No, no, that's what so many people are in church. Number, number, number. <laughs> but a student is passionate. A student wants to hear. A student will come back. A student is involved. A student, a student is practicing and practicalizing what is being taught. A student, is, a student wants to go out and heal also. A student wants to go out and bless also. A student wants to go out and reach out to other people. Go ye out two by two. And when they came by, they said, Master, you don't know what happened. Demons, you are subject to us. They were shocked to discover that what they see the God do, that they can do also. It will amaze you that if you go out, what I'm doing, you can do even much more. Jesus said, guys, that's not the point to rejoice. The point to rejoice is that you guys have been saved. Your names are written in the last book of life. Not demons. Demons are not strong enough to elicit rejoicing. <laughs> are you guys with me? Demons are not strong enough to trigger rejoicing. Yeah, those guys are nothing. So don't be excited that hey, you know that's what that's the excitement today. Hey, I was able to cast out demon. I have now arrived. I'm a man of God. Hey, 
I go, I cast demon out today. I have arrived. I'm a man of God. They are rejoicing over casting demon. When people came back rejoicing over demon, Jesus said, eh, that's not where to rejoice. Rejoice because you have been enlisted into the army that makes things happen. What is casting demon? When you guys go and start changing culture and changing tradition and changing the world, you will know that casting demon is the least thing to do. Is anybody with me? Is anybody with me? Is anybody with me? You have to see, I was, in, I was in America and one of the Nigerian musicians, her song was being played in the church. I was just laughing. I was just laughing. You have to think on how to bring out products that will change culture, that will change nations. You, have to, you don't have to relent anymore. You know, the reason I always say you don't have to relent is because the only time you can vouch for is now. Wasting now is foolishness. Engaging now is wisdom. Do you understand? That's why you just don't want to relent. If anything has to come out, let it come out. Do you understand? Let it come out. Train yourself. Develop yourself. Give no room to mediocrity. Embrace excellence and perfection. And then produce anything you want to produce from that dimension. The world will accept it. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? You can't say tomorrow. You don't understand if there is tomorrow. The only time you understand this now, that's why the Bible says now is the hour of salvation. You don't procrastinate things that are important, including salvation. You have to embrace it right now. Are you guys with me? <laughs> hey, Jesus said, I will do the work of him that sent me. While is day? While is day? For the night is coming when no man will be able to walk. Have I preached for 20 minutes? I, because I think I have one other amazing scripture to show you. And then we we'll pray. Anybody ready for this? Anybody ready for this? I want to start preaching God helping me on how to provoke marital prosperity. How to prosper in your marriage, right? So I want to get done with this. Anybody with me? If you are learning something, say loud amen. Touch your neighbor and say, don't go to the grave with what you have. Touch your neighbor and say, please be a good student. You know, Elijah transferred double portion to Elisha. And Elisha served very well. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 3 that Elisha is that guy that poured water in the hand of Elijah. He served very well. Elisha went to the grave with the anointing. Elisha went to the grave with the power. He couldn't transfer it. We all know about Gehazi, Elisha's servant. Gehazi was a good guy. Only for covetousness. He was a good guy. You know, the Bible says, godliness and contentment is great gain. Maturity is ability to be contented at the level that you are. Don't, don't jump the gun. Don't break ranks. Don't, don't be too forward. Don't be too fast. Listen, take your time. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Take your time. I have seen being too forward where it reduces and limited some men. Because if you are not careful, being too forward will show your attitude. To show your attitude. To show your attitude. And attitude is everything in life. <laughs> attitude promotes or demotes you faster than your skills. Attitude promotes or demotes you faster than your skills, your abilities, your competencies. With all your skills and your competencies, listen, without a proper attitude, you can be stagnated for long. Attitude is key. Attitude is powerful. 
So you don't want to wait. You feel that your master is useless. He's stupid. He doesn't know what he's doing. Hey man, I can't take this thing from you. The gift that I have is not for sale. You have been healed. Go home. Gehazi went from the back and lied with his master's name and collected all of those and came back. Anybody with me? Elisha said, didn't I see you when you went there? How did you see me? What you guys don't understand is that these men are men of the spirit. What you do even when they are not around somehow is revealed to them. Somehow, you see, oh, I'm telling you, I have seen that happen in my life. Somehow it's revealed to them the manner of man that you are. Whether you can be trusted or not. He said, when you went, I saw you, Elisha. I mean, Gehazi, I saw you. He said, you know what? The leprosy of Herman we just have to come on you. Elisha was disappointed. The guy, he would have transferred the anointing on, disappointed. And he died with the anointing. I was buried with it. One day, there was war. <laughs> and a soldier was killed. You know, and they quickly conducted a burial for the soldier. Just that where they buried the soldier was where Elisha was buried. So when they buried the dead soldier, and they said, oh, God bless you. May your soul rest in peace. We will miss you. And they turned back. The soldier rose up. Say, hey, who is with my gun? Ah, ah. We buried you now. He said, you buried you now. You, they go bury. Give my gun. I'm not ready to die right now. But what the soldier didn't know was that his body came in contact with the bone. Dry bone, dry bone of a man. That's why I don't want to go to the grave with my anointing. I have to, shh, it is finished. I have to be able to pour out everything that is in you and die empty. Wise people die empty. You go to the grave, not in reaching the grave. The grave is richer right now because there are many talents that we are not developed many potentials that were not developed, many books that were not written, many movies that wasn't acted, a whole lot of things. People died with their dream. I have a generation of dreamers that are not waking up to fulfill their dream. That's the generation we live in. You dream a lot, but you die in your dream. You Listen, you have to wake up and engage your dream. See yourself walk in your dream. Let this happen. Make it happen. Don't be afraid of failure. Fail and learn from failure so that you can become better. Don't put your hand and say, I can't do this. Who told you you can't do it? Who, 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 who lied to you? Paul said, foolish Galatians, who deceived you? Who lied to you? You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. You can't. You truly can't. Honestly, you can't. <laughs> I can view the most beautiful church auditorium in this city. In the whole of South South. I can build something that can become an epic center. Something that everybody will come to watch. I can. I can. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Is anybody hearing it? What have you, what, what is it that you should have been doing that you've not been doing? You give excuse for failure and tell, tell yourself this cannot happen. Let me touch anybody and say it can happen. Please let me tell somebody and say it can happen. So train your little and they will bring the abundance. Jesus trained the twelve and they brought the word to him. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 and that will be my last scripture. How important this is. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses commit these to what? Now watch the part you should underline who are able to do what? Let's read it all together. One, two, go. 
it again. One, two, go. Proliferation is impossible without giving faithful men mandate. You cannot proliferate. You cannot, you cannot spread. You cannot, cannot spread out if it's all about you. If you know all you can, can all you know and sit on the can. Faithfulness demands that you teach others. The, the, the chain is that they also should teach others. My son must not disappoint. What everything I taught him he is what is most important to me is that he will teach all to his own son and command his son to teach all to his own son. That's how I can never die. Everything Jesus taught his disciples, they taught us. And it's expected of us to teach the coming generation. If not, I'm afraid of what will happen. The world is going so negative. The coming generation, who is, who is that person that is going to the secondary schools? Who is that person? Who is that person that is holding seminars, structuring mentorship, mentorship pattern that, that will correct people's mindset, young people's mindset? He said, the things I've taught you among many witnesses, make sure you teach them to faithful men. The Bible said, every man declares his goodness a faithful man who can find. That is always a challenge. Because if you give something precious to a faithful man, it will be handed over to the next generation. But if you give something precious to a stingy man, he holds it back to himself. To faithful men. How many lives do you think you have to live? I'm already living. Getting to the fourth decade in existence here on earth. When will I go? I don't know. But going, I know I will go. So why should I bottle everything that I know and frustrate the next generation of the beauty of sanity? Hmm? The ancient landmark that was handed over to us. The gospel as it was preached by Jesus himself. Training. You can't secure the next generation if you don't structure out the well-arranged training program. Well-arranged training program. You have to learn how to pour. Pour on people. You have to learn how to transfer what you know, what you are on others. They killed Jesus Christ and they thought that was it. <laughs> they didn't know what happened. David guys we are so dangerous that they say to David, you don't need to go to war anymore so that you don't put off the light of Israel. Say, sit back home. You have trained us so much. We, can, we, ha- we have this covered. Out of hatred and jealousy, Jephthah's brethren threw Jephthah away. In the land of Tob in Judges chapters 11, he picked ordinary men and Jephthah began to pour in them. Jephthah began to pour in them. It was not too far. The people that threw away started begging him to come back. Because he knew how to train people. Abraham had people in his household that he trained. David, all of these guys. Thank God for the person of Joshua. Thank God for the person of Joshua. Who understands that I have to be close 
to where I was making a study, doing a study, and I discovered that for every time Moses climbed the mountain, Joshua also came, just that he stopped at a particular point. He stayed so close to see what, when Moses died, he was so heartbroken. God said, Joshua, stand up. Put yourself together. Be very courageous. Because these guys have to be led into the promised land. Pick yourself up. My servant Moses is dead. It's now on you. The very conference that Dr. Maismoron was actually flying into, his annual September conference, that was actually flying into, was to teach in that conference the need of transference. Because he said God showed him a vision where an old man died and he died with the baton with him like this. And in that vision, he went to the grave and dragged that baton from the old man and said it's an abomination for this generation to go with what they know. And honestly, there are many generations going with what they know. And I wonder what we are leaving for the next generation. I don't know how you guys think. I don't know how you guys visualize this. But I'm really afraid of the next generation. And I charge you to hold your children very well. Teach them. Teach them. Let them understand the God of their fathers. Let them be able to stand and say the Lord God of my father. Let them understand. Because the rate at which it's going, man will soon marry dog. Are you hearing me? The rate at which it's going, man will soon marry dog. The rate at which it's going, man will soon marry dog. Perversion everywhere. Is anybody hearing me? Is anybody hearing me? What I have taught you in the presence of witnesses, transfer it to faithful men who will teach others also. This is how it got to us. It's not in our time that we disappoint. The very things that Jesus taught his disciples, they were faithful and diligent enough to transfer from generation to generation. What are you going to transfer to the next generation? What are you going to hand over to the next generation? Your staff can do more than you. It's a blessing for my protege to do more than me. <laughs> Correct leaders are not envious. If they are, they become not mentors anymore, but tormentors have said that. Correct leaders are, leaders are excited that the new generation can do better than them. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? Let the world changers arise. Let's change culture and change tradition and change this world and point them back to Jesus. Let's go out as Jesus said to all the world and make disciples. Somebody say make disciples. Say it again. Say make disciples. Say it again. Say make disciples. Who have you discipled? Show me one of your disciples. Show me one. You say you are born again, you are a Christian, you are a leader in church. Who is your disciple? Who is your protege? Why do you break people? People come, and come close to you in church. You just fill them with gossip. What kind of person are you? We are talking about securing the next generation. You are polluting it. What is wrong? Honestly, what is wrong? People come close to you. You poison their heart. You are the reason why they leave church. You say negative things about Pastor Waiko, about Pastor Lisa, about the leaders. What is wrong with you? 
Is that the kind of man you want to be? You think you are gaining credit by poisoning the heart of people about all that? Do you understand? That's a low life person right there. Anybody who is not who is not provoking the giant in you, anybody who's not calling the anointing in you is killing you. That's not a mentor. A mentor is not meant to break, it's meant to build. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not meant to break, it's meant to build. Somebody told me of how he entered a, a, a particular man's car going home after service. He said, Pastor Ike, if not that I've been in the house on the rock before and that I've been rooted in the house on the rock, what that man said indirectly, they will never come directly. The devil doesn't come directly. The devil always comes softly. They will just give you suggestions so that you can make your conclusion at home. He said, if not, somebody will carry your pastor and wash him down. And that's your best friend in church. Since the person that is your friend became your friend, what has he imparted in your life? How has he made you a better person? When you associate and, and have colonial with people in church, what are you doing? Is iron sharpening iron? Are you going to church calling your protege and saying, where are you? Make sure you are in church on time. Are you building or are you destroying? We are at the mentors. We are at the rabbis. We are at those that point the next generation to God. We are at they. We are at they. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I don't know how much time you have, but I'm so much in a hurry, man. And that doesn't mean I'm going anytime soon. But I understand.